Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. This is part two of our series with former Princeton football player turned prolific writer and entrepreneur, Dickie Bush. Not only has Dickie turned his writing venture into a successful business at only 27, but he's also helped over 10,000 writers in his online course, Ship 30 for 30, publish their work in the process. If you haven't checked it out, you've got to. I've joined it, and it's been an incredible help to me. In this episode, Dickie delves into his six core pillars of productivity, which I found invaluable due to their practicality for anyone with a busy schedule. Whether you're pursuing personal or business goals, these action items can help you organize your life for maximum efficiency, success, and sustainability in the long run. But before we get started, if you haven't signed up for my newsletter, Adaptation, you should check it out. Every Friday, I email you information and tools curated for high performers just like you. You'll receive actionable information and the most recent cutting-edge science on how to improve your mind, body, and recovery so you can look feel, and perform your best. Check it out. The link is in the show notes. Now to my conversation with Dickie. So let's lean in and learn from the best. I found you about a month ago and I've been going down a rabbit hole. You do a wonderful job of giving people very tactical things that not are just related to writing, but that enable you to write well. And one of those things that you wrote about was your six core pillars for your, what you call your simple productivity system. And it says, after years of chasing complex, shiny objects, you arrived at these six pillars. Do you mind talking about that? Yes. And it's funny for you to describe it in this way that I've actually been working on that. And part of the Atomic essay that you read that talked about that was really a distillation for myself of someone asked me, what is your approach to getting things done? And I didn't really have a clear answer. I think it kind of goes back to that identity list of you have these ideas in your head of what you are or how you do things, but until you put them down on paper, you've never really clarified it. And so over the last two weeks, I've been writing kind of a long form piece on my approach to productivity and the way I think about getting things done. And so I've been sharing snippets of that to validate that idea, which is kind of my whole writing system. Most of my core pillar pieces of writing are crystallizations for myself. And then I share nuggets along the way to kind of validate that idea, hear what people think are interesting and help me craft it in a way like where someone like you who reads it goes, oh, I could take something away from that. So I don't know exactly how you want to go about talking about the system, but it's really my approach of abandoning every complex app and to-do software and things like that that I used to spend hours trying to perfect. And really just coming back to like a pen and paper list where I keep track of kind of the different areas, my projects, tasks, open loops, things like that. So I'm happy to dig into any of those. Yeah, let's dig into it. There's six things. There's a project list, an upcoming later list, a next action list, an open loop list, calendar, time blocking, and daily and weekly clarity routines. I love to hear like how this system comes together to help you be more productive. Perfect. So the project list is at a high level, everything that I'm working on in every area of my life. I try to keep that relatively distilled. And so the way I plan things is in two week sprints. So two weeks of working on a single project list, anything that I'm not going to work on over that two weeks, I'll move to the upcoming slash later list. So every day that I wake up, I'm like, these are the core things I'm responsible for both 
in my personal life and on the business side kind of broken out by different area. That's like a one shot snapshot. Here's what we're trying to accomplish right now. The way I define a project is something completable in the next 12 weeks that I'll work on over the next two. So it might not get completed during the next two, but it's something I'm working on. And and the upcoming list is just also a way for when I have these shiny objects during these two week sprints, how can I entertain that without like jumping onto it and kind of taking away from getting done the things I said I was going to do. And so I'll put those on the later list. So that's the, and where do you the hot. This? Is this in Notion or where do you write all this down? This is in a Apple note. So very simple. I, uh, I got rid of Notion. I got rid of pretty much everything. And I put this in an Apple note and it's just project list about as simple as I can. And the, some of the time, if I'm finding that I'm like doing too much with uh, software or whatever, I just throw it in this journal right here. And I go project list page, bang, list out everything. And that to me, it always starts bottoms up like that of what is just everything on my mind that I'm currently working on. And the clarity it brings me when I see that all on a page, I'm like, okay, it's, it's everything is right here. So now let's start to work through them. And that's the, the highest level is the project list. Did you know that Americans spend $265 billion a year on their health and fitness and over $20 billion a year on wearable technology, but sedentary living, obesity, and chronic disease are skyrocketing. And then in the U.S., longevity is decreasing. Why is this? Two things. One, data alone does not solve your health problems. You need actionable recommendations tailored to your needs. And number two, People need simple habit-building and sustaining processes that lead to success. AIM7 solves both of these problems. This app turns your wearable data into actionable recommendations for your mind, body, and recovery so you can look, feel, and perform better. And after just 30 days, the average member experiences a 31% reduction in stress and they do 38% more workouts. If you haven't joined AIM7, our next cohort starts May 2nd, and the one after that is not until June. Listen, this is not an app to just download. You get four Zoom calls with our team to learn about how to build adaptive capacity, sleep, mental fitness, and so much more. So sign up now by clicking the link in the show notes and skip the line of over 2,300 people waiting to join by noting you are a Blueprint podcast listener. All right, now back to the show. Okay, so you have your project list. So like what some people might look at as an OKR maybe? Kind of. I've never really done well with with OKRs or setting too much. I think of goals as you can never have more than three things in your head at any given time. And so goal setting for me, I keep three high level things that I can recall right away. And so other than that, I think projects like a list of things can be much longer because I'm not trying to keep that all in my head. But so OKRs to me are kind of like that middle ground where it's like a goal you kind of want to remember it at all times. And so you end up having too many and then you can't think about like, Hey, what are you working towards right now? Gotcha. So you like to only have like three goals for the 12 weeks. Kind of. So what's, what, what's interesting about this is it's, Mm -hmm. it's not hyper related to the way I think about goals. This is very bottoms up. And then I try to connect that to because where I think people end up with goal setting is they start with goals and then work down And what they don't realize is they have so many different things going on that it would lead to way too many goals. So I like to start bottoms up of like, okay, let's put this high level aside. What am I doing right now? Like, what am I working on this week? Then I think you can start to craft goals 
above those and then take away from the current projects you're doing if they don't align. That makes sense? Yeah, it does. Because we seem to be just like, we're always doing things. And sometimes we're, what is it? Oh gosh, that Japanese proverb. Like vision without action is whatever. Action without vision is a nightmare. Like you're, you know what I'm saying? Like you can Mm -hmm. be doing a lot of stuff, but if it doesn't align to something, it's just, you're going to feel discombobulated and out of control. And is this your way of simplifying that? Like I'm doing things and I need to align them in a very simple format. And that's why I I like the way you're putting this just in an Apple note. It kind of makes it more accessible to you rather than having to go right into a notion doc. Is that, is that sound correct? Yeah. So just to kind of bring these all together, the three goals I have right now are related to a business overall revenue and size goal, a health and fitness goal, and then kind of just a personal operations of how I'm looking to improve um, some of the way I do things. Now, important in that is like, I have a long list of goals that I'm not actively trying to grow, but I'm actually just maintaining. That's the big way I think about goals is I think you can only be progressing in three things at any given time. And then the rest, you kind of got to be, I'm cool with maintenance. And so my goals go, here's what I'm growing. Here's what I'm maintaining. And I've realized that the amount of effort that it takes to grow something is usually far more than people think. And the amount of effort that it takes to maintain is usually far less. And so where I try to avoid is being in that middle ground of, doing too much to maintain, but too little to grow. And that way, instead, I give myself kind of three goal focuses that I'm like, I'm, I know I will have to grow to get there. And the rest, I know I'm going to have to maintain. So just to put a tactical health and fitness side on this, I've reduced my run volume down from 10, 15 miles a week down to five. And all I'm trying to do is maintain the ability to run a certain number of miles. Exactly. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm actively finding what is the, the fewest number of miles I can run to keep that. And then everything else goes to strength training. So this is called a delayed residual effect. And so my career, I don't know if you know, Dickie, I worked in elite performance for about 16 years in the NFL and college athletes and stuff. And so there's certain qualities, physical qualities that like you can train with very minimal doses and maintain. So for instance, like speed, you have to train it at least, you have to touch it at least every five days. And I'm talking like maximal velocity if you want to maintain it. Hmm. Strength, you could taper off after third, like you could do a very hard, like you could hit a 90% of one RM on squat, bench or whatever. And you can almost maintain your same level of strength without touching it again for 21 to 28 days. Dang. Aerobic capacity needs a little bit more. So I could give you all that stuff. But essentially what you've done is you stumbled onto your own delayed residuals. And so there's something called concurrent training where people try to train everything with equal proportion and volume. And for a novice athlete or a novice individual, like that's just starting to exercise, it works. Mm -hmm. Because most of these adaptations are neurological to begin with. As you progress over time, in order to get better at something, you need to have a more unidirectional focus. And then you drop everything else to a maintenance dose. But it seems like as if you've applied this concept to business, to health, and to like your, you know, your own personal productivity, which I think is brilliant, is like I can only grow real I can only really grow in one area, but I can maintain everything else. And then you can decide to pull those levers when you want to. Does is that a good summary of what you're saying here? 
That is exactly. And you've put words to it far better than I've been able to. That delayed residual, I've applied to health, business, relationship, hobbies, all of that. And it all comes back to, if I know that I'm going to be playing this game for a long time, this just game of life, I know I'm going to have plenty of time to apply that unidirectional training on a bunch of different areas. Mm -hmm. And so it gives me that patience of, hey, I'm only doing that on one to three things right now, but that doesn't mean they're the only things I'm going to be working on. Now, I do think I've sequenced them in a way where if I can build my financial and physical foundation first, it makes the other things much easier to then go and apply unidirectionally rather than going and trying to build all these hobbies right now while I'm kind of building a foundation. So yes, you you put better words to it than I could. I'm going to throw another concept at you, Dickie. We only have a certain finite capacity for adaptation. It's called adaptive reserves. Okay. So the human organism only has so much stress that it can adapt to at one time. Now you can expand that capacity. Physical and psychological stress is one input, meaning the body doesn't differentiate between the two. It's like it turns on these systems the same way. What what happens is, and I noticed this, this was very smart. When you said that you have tried to reach a certain threshold for physical health and for financial health, physical stress, psychological stress. Because if you're stable financially, now you're not sapping adaptive reserves because what happens when you're in a financial pickle? Your brain is always going, do I have enough? Am I going to survive? Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You have gotten to a state where, guess what? Financially, I know the X amount of money is coming in. I'm okay now. It just unburdens so much stress. Now you you can apply you know, now you can use that for fuel somewhere else. And so uh, I could send you some papers later to read that I think would cement some of this for you, but it's really, really smart. Let's close this now with once you kind of have these projects, you have action lists. What am I going to do next or what am I going to do right now? Yes, exactly. So action list and open loop, they're kind of together. And so it's as simple as I go through the project list and I make sure that I know the next thing I can do to move that forward. That's it. That's all that goes on that list. And every time I check something off on that list, I then add the next thing. Now, that doesn't mean I don't plan a project from A to Z. I do have multiple steps, but I don't put all of them on that list. Say there's 10 steps to complete something. I'll keep the other 10 like in a document relevant to that project. But then I know that in that next action, it's like, hey, I'm going to work on this thing. I know the exact thing I should do to move that forward. And that's all I have to think about. And again, this optimizes for action over planning, which is kind of the whole pillar of this is taking action rather than thinking about taking action for, for far too long, which is something I used to be addicted to. I'd plan and read books and get all this information and then realize weeks went by where I hadn't done anything. And so the only difference between next action and open loops is if I'm working on something where I can't move it forward until someone else does something, I put it on the open loop list. And so here's just a tactical breakdown of my day. I spend the first four to five hours building and working on things that I know that I don't have to talk to anyone on and I can move the needle. And then when I open up Slack and Twitter and the whole world where my inboxes just start to overflow, I just revisit that open loop list. So as I'm talking to people and talking to each member of my team, I say, okay, what are the things they're working on? Have they moved that forward? Can I check any of these off? Does that change my 
next action. Okay, now it does. That means I can work on this tomorrow. Great. And that's pretty as, as simple as it gets. I just run through that list until I've talked to my whole team. And then I know, okay, what could I do the next day? And just kind of compound on that. I love this. This is going to help me out <laughs> a lot. Uh, then you, it looks like you, you just said what you do. You block time in your calendar. I have heard, I've read, I should say I've read that you're up at 5 a.m. You go on an hour-long walk. You also say you walk 20,000 steps a day. That's a lot of steps. So you go on an hour-long walk, you drink a double espresso, and then from 7, or is it from 6 to 10, it's just your action list? Exactly. So up at 5, kind of foam roll, out the door, start walking. I usually will walk around the block once or twice, and then I like to just incline treadmill walk right now because I find it finds gets my brain firing a little bit better than just a walk. That takes about... 45 minutes to an hour, come back, shower, and then get at least three hours just on my action list, usually from 6.30 or 7 to about 10. And then I open up the world and start to dive into kind of that open loop list. But I know that it might not feel in the day that I get a ton done during that three hours, but I look back on a week and I'm like, can very tactically point to all the things on that action list that I move forward during that block. And I know that there's really very rarely ever a time that I won't be able to work on that kind of stuff in the morning. I love this. What time do you go to bed at night? Like 9, 20, 9, 30 usually. So about seven and a half hours. Sure. Look, I, I, I should preface this. And I always preface this when I, when I talk about my routines that I'm extremely fortunate to be a t- single 27-year-old living in Miami with an abundance of free time, no children, n- nothing else. So I, I always like to preface that because... I don't plan on being able to operate this way forever. And in fact, I very much look forward to the day where I'm changing up my routines because I have a family, because I have other responsibilities. But for now, it's like, why not operate this way so that I can operate the way I want to in the future? Makes total sense. I love this. So you block time on your calendar and then you have daily and weekly clarity routines. What is that? Those are just quick end of the day. Hey, let's update this action list. Let's make sure I know what my open loops are. Let's look at my calendar for the next day. And boom, I know I can go to bed and I wake up and know the first thing I'm working on. And then at the end of the week, I kind of just do that on a macro level. What I get done this week, I learn anything this week, are my things updated. So technically I could take 10 days off if I wanted to, knowing I would just come back to that list. And that it's all about what I'm trying to build with all of this is the ability to be present in any moment because all that other bandwidth that would have to go to maintaining this is somewhere else. So when I'm on a walk, when I'm at dinner with a friend, when I'm in the gym, when I'm on a podcast like this, I'm not thinking about all the other things. It's what am I doing right now? Okay, I'm doing this type of time. What do I do during that type of time? I tackle these actions and just it allows me to be a little bit more present because I think that's something I've struggled with over the last three to four years is as I've taken on more explored side hustles and left my full-time job, all that kind of stuff, I haven't been present. And so now I'm trying to rebuild that into my day. This is brilliant. You have to have a process to get there. And it looks like you're on a journey that's it's working. I love it. Thanks again for listening to the Blueprint Podcast. And I just want to take a second and say thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for being a part of this community. Without you, the, the podcast wouldn't exist. So if you love the show, please do us a favor. Leave us a comment and review. 
Share this with a friend. We want to grow a community of people that are seeking the best version of themselves and looking to make an impact on the world. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.